We want to thank Elder Oscar Owens for leading our worship today, and let's give him a rousing applause. Thank you. <laughs> Elder Ed Bradley was the coordinator of the service this morning, and both of them did excellent jobs. Turn with me, please, to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 30, verse 17. We'll read a few other scriptures from the book of Exodus. Then we will share with you from the word of the Lord on the bronze laver, the bronze laver. We've been preaching a series on the items of furniture in the tabernacle of Moses. And we're looking at the symbolic meaning and purpose of each of them in the encounter that Israel had with God through the tabernacle. And also how we may encounter and experience God and enter into the Holy of Holies by the grace of Almighty God. Exodus 30 and 17. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, You shall also make a laver of bronze with its base also of bronze for washing. You shall put it between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it, for Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet in water from it. When they go into the tabernacle of meeting or when they come near the altar to minister, to burn an offering made by fire unto the Lord, they shall wash with water lest they die so shall they wash their hands and their feet, lest they die. And it shall be a statue forever to them, to him and his descendants throughout their generations. Exodus 38 and 8 says, He made a laver of bronze and its base of bronze, with bronze mirrors of the serving women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And finally, Exodus chapter 40 and verse 30. He set the label between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar. And he put water there for washing. And Moses, Aaron, and his sons would wash their hands and their feet with water from it. Whenever they went into the tabernacle of meeting, and when they came near the altar, they washed as the Lord had commanded Moses. The bronze laver. You may take your seats. The first item one would see upon entering into the tabernacle of Moses would be the brazen altar. Upon the brazen altar, two lambs were sacrificed each day, one in the morning and one in the evening. Throughout the day, the sacrifices would lie on the altar, and they would burn as an offering to God for the sins of the people. The blood of the lambs would be offered as an atonement for sin. This implies that a righteously indignant God found that only the sacrifice of blood of a living being would be acceptable as a substitute to make restitution for the sins of man. It's a clear testimony of the word of God that only the blood of a substitute can gain access to the living God. 
only the blood of a sacrifice would enable a sinful man to enter into the presence of a righteous God. The Bible in Hebrews 9 and verse 22 says that under the law almost everything is purified by means of blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is neither release from sin and its guilt, nor the remission of the due and merited punishment for sin. This is definite. It's undebatable, unavoidable, categorical. Sin is such an abominable, repulsive phenomenon to our holy and righteous God that only a blood offering can atone for sin. The position of the brazen altar implies that our relationship with God must begin with atonement and with forgiveness. An acceptable substitute must be presented to suffer and die for our sins if we are to stand before God in peace and in right relationship. So the brazen altar represents the cross of Jesus Christ. Under the old covenant, the old dispensation, the blood of animals was presented. Under the new covenant, the new dispensation, the blood of Jesus Christ was shed and was presented on the cross. He gave his life as an eternal sacrifice for our sins. Through Jesus, the work of atonement was completed. Hebrews 10 and 12 says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. That thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God. I come, I come. The first item would be the bronze altar. The second item that would be the laver, the bronze laver. Now the word laver really means a basin or a bowl. And God directed that the laver was to be made of brass that it was to be filled with water. This was a very shiny, reflective brass because it was made from the brass mirrors that the women of Israel had used and contributed. It had a base and was designed in such a way that it was convenient to wash both hands and feet from the water within. The water in the labor was frequently changed so that it could remove contamination and filth rather than adding to it. And God decreed that whenever the priest came to minister in the tabernacle, they were to wash from the brazier lest they die. The judgment of God was pronounced upon them. If they ever went to minister without washing, they would be struck down with death. The labor symbolized moral and spiritual purification and cleansing. The brazen altar, on the other hand, symbolized release from guilt, release from the penalty of sin and the condemnation of sin. The labor focused on the individual priest seeking to distance himself 
from the contamination of sin. It stressed the determination of the worshiper to renounce and to reject sinful behavior, to come before the Lord without stain of immorality or sin. The labor is an expression of respect for the holy nature of Almighty God. And it should be noticed that only the priest went to the labor. The ordinary worshiper could come only to the gate and stand before the brazen altar. Only the priest would go to the labor and only the priest would go into the holy place and only the high priest would go into the most holy place. It should be noticed that whatever the priests did, they did as representatives of the people. They were the agents, the ambassadors of the people, and God had chosen the priest for himself to communicate with him on behalf of the people. Now, don't envy the priests. Don't be resentful of them. Don't feel that the people were deprived because the priests bore a host of restrictions and responsibilities that common people were relieved from. We should also realize that Jesus functioned as our high priest when he carried on his redemptive and atoning work. Most of all, we should relate to the priest because the Bible indicates that under the new covenant economy, all of us who love the Lord and believe in Jesus Christ are priests of God. Revelations 1.5, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and made us kings and priests to his, to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and forever. And so we're made kings and we're made priests through the sacrifice and atoning blood of Jesus Christ. So in essence, many of the things that the priests or the high priests did and experienced were symbolic of what we've got to do and what we've got to experience. So we study them and study the tabernacle in their dispensation to better understand ourselves and our relationship to God in our dispensation. So we said that the brazen altar was the first item that one would see upon entering the court of the congregation. The second item that they would see would be the laver, the bronze laver. But though they would see the brazen altar first, the altar of sacrifice first, it was to the labor that they would go first. They went first to the labor. When they became priests, Moses, as part of their consecration, was directed to wash them completely at the labor. They had to respect God enough to allow themselves to be prepared to come before God, to meet God. And the penalty for failing to wash was death. Hallelujah. When Moses approached God in the burning bush, God said, wait, Moses, don't you come any closer. Honor and respect me by pulling off your shoes. You're on holy ground. Prepare yourself to come into my presence. This implies that in genuine conversion, in sincere worship, there should be a prior sense of recognition of one's own uncleanness unworthiness and a manifestation of repentance and sorrow for sin. As the worshiper would come and as the priest would come, would walk by the brazen altar, would see the lamb lying on the altar, see the fire 
of sacrifice, consuming the sacrifice on the altar, the worshiper would realize it's because of me that that animal is being crucified. It's because of my sins that a sacrifice is necessary. And he would be driven to the laver, the bronze laver, where he would wash himself and be washed to wash away the stain and the taint of sin. John the Baptist would later on say in Matthew 3 and 8, therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. And 1 Corinthians 7 and 10 says, for godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, for the sorrow of the world produces death. So the labor was a place of repentance, was a place of washing. God, when I see the impact of my sin upon the sacrificial animal, when I see the impact of my sin on the world, I want to be cleansed and washed from sin. In Luke 19 and 1, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. The Bible says in verse 2, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a tax collector. And he was rich and he sought to see Jesus but could not. He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him for Jesus was going to pass by that way. And when Jesus came by, he said, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down. I've got to dwell at your house. Zacchaeus came down and all the people were amazed that Jesus would pick out a, a tax collector and go to his house for lunch. But Zacchaeus in verse 8 repented and said, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. If I've done anything and taken anything from anybody by false accusation, I'll restore it fourfold. Jesus said today, salvation has come into this house. In the presence of Jesus, Zacchaeus was so conscious of his inadequacy, of his sin, of his wickedness, that he repented and said, Lord, I'll restore four times of anything I've ever taken away from anybody unjustly. Remember that I said the labor was made from bronze mirrors of the women who stood outside the gate of the tabernacle. Is it not inconceivable that when they would come to the labor, they would look and see their reflection in the labor, and reflecting in the labor would be their face and their image, and they would say, oh, God, how inadequate, how unworthy, how much a sinner am I that you would even permit me to come to this place. Their hearts would be filled with repentance because the bronze labor would reflect who they were and the kind of life that they lived and how badly they needed salvation. It was Moses who washed Aaron and his sons, the first priests, from the labor. Only later on would they wash themselves. And Exodus 29 and 4 says, And Aaron and his sons, you shall bring to the door of the tabernacle, and you shall wash them with water. This initial washing with water was symbolic of regeneration that Jesus Christ has done in our lives. It was not something that we did for ourselves. It's what God, through Jesus Christ, has done for us. Moses would wash the priest. Jesus Christ has washed us in his own blood. Titus 3 and 5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord. When Jesus comes into your life, he breaks the rule of the old man of sin, and he brings to life a new man 
who is to take charge through the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church, and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her, how? With the washing of water by the word, that he might present her unto himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. I believe if somebody who hears me right now will accept the word of God, surrender your life to Jesus Christ, he will give you a real good Holy Ghost scrub down right now, and for the first time in your life, you'll be able to say, I'm clean before the blood, uh, through the blood of Jesus. I'm clean before the Lord because of what Jesus has done for me on the cross. In John 3, 3, I'll be through pretty soon. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ who walk not after the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And if any man be in Christ, old things are passed away. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So these scriptures indicate that when you accept Jesus, a righteous nature and a righteous capacity come into existence within you. You cannot live in the Spirit until you've been born in the Spirit. But when you come to the Lord Jesus, the first thing he does is wash you. I said when you come to Jesus, the first thing he does is wash you. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither those who practice fornication, nor those who practice idolatry. Now those who practice adultery, now those who practice homosexuality, those who are practicing sodomites, now practice being a thief, are covetous, are drunkards, are revilers, are extortionists. Doesn't pick on anybody, does it? It just gets everybody. Mm -hmm. But look at verse 11. And such were some of you. Were, were, used to be. Tell your neighbor, used to be. Such were some of you, but you were washed. Oh, clap your hands, clap your hands. You were washed. Thank you, Jesus. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And so for the priests of the Old Testament, the initial washing at the labor took place before they went to the brazen altar for atonement. But for the believer in Christ Jesus, atonement and regeneration take place at the same time. We are both forgiven and we are indwelt by the Spirit of Jesus at the same time. When Jesus hung on the cross, the soldier pierced him in the side. The Bible says out came blood and water. And this indicates that in Christ, the blood of absolution would forever be mixed with the water of cleansing. But let us remember that the priests not only went to the altar when they were first consecrated, 
They went to the altar again and again and again as they performed their priestly duties. A man was sitting on his front porch reading a book. Another man came by. said, what are you reading, friend? said, I'm reading my book with two pages, one red and one white. The neighbor said, then it shouldn't take you very long to read it if it has only two pages. The neighbor went his way. The neighbor came back in the evening walking by. The man was still sitting out on the porch reading. He said, what are you reading now? He said, same book, two pages, one red and one white. He said, how could it take you all day to read a book that had only two pages? He says, well, first, I looked at the red page, and I began to think of the blood of Jesus that was shed for me. I look at the red pages and see that he was wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes I'm healed. I looked at the red page and see what a terrible sinner I was and how wicked I was, but he loved me just the same and came into my life. And then before I know it, hours have passed just looking at the red page. But then I look at that red page and I understand what a sinner I was and how wicked I was and how God wants me to be holy and how he wants me to be righteous and how he wants me to live for him and have a clean life before him. Then I turn to the white page. I began to strive to be holy and strive to be clean and think about how he's washed me clean with, from his, with his blood and how I'm to live a righteous life and a holy life before God. But then I think that I can't do it by myself and how much I need to be relying on Jesus. And so I turn away from the white page and go back to the red page and read the red page and go back to the white page and read the white page and go back to the... So all day long, I've just been reading from my book with two pages one red and one white. So the labor would go, what was there, and the priest would go to the labor again and again as they performed their priestly duties. Every time they went outside the tabernacle court and returned to the tabernacle, they would wash their hands and their feet at the labor. As they moved around the tabernacle, their feet would get dirty because there was no covering on the floor, just bare ground. Thus they would get their feet dirty and thus they would go again to the laver. As they handled the sacrifices and tended the fire at the brazen altar, their hands would get dirty and they'd go back to the laver. So all day long they were going back and forth to the laver. Before they could go into the holy place and before the high priest could go into the most holy place, his feet and his body and his hands had to be clean. And so he washed his hands and that indicated sorrow. That indicated repentance for sin. That indicated the renunciation of sins. That indicated the cleansing of their minds and of their hearts. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. And so under the old covenant, they had to be washed unless they die. And we've said that we're forgiven and sanctified as soon as we are saved. But is there anybody here who knows that it's sometimes difficult to stay clean once you get clean? 
I said it's sometimes difficult to stay clean. Once you get clean, our bodies, our clothing, our houses, our cars get dirty just because we are on the earth. And how many of you know that stuff settles on everything? No matter how careful you are, somebody can drive by, hit a mud puddle, and mess you up. And spiritually and morally, the situation is the same. This body of flesh, these fleshly, selfish, pleasure-focused minds of ours are always proposing some kind of wrong, proposing some kind of sin. And even when you don't do wrong, you can feel dirty just because your mind has been talking. And then the devil and evil people will try to bring the dirt of sin up into your lives. Some people can get carried away by a wave of passion that sweeps over them. And so they find themselves dirty and soiled by sin. The stress and strain of life has a way of pulling the good out of you and replaces it with evil and with bitterness. Folk can hurt you and cause you to want to hurt them. Habits you thought you would escape from have a way of showing up again, showing up again. But the Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 1, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And God said, be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. And so the message today is, I said, the message today is, if you really want the message, understand that you've been washed. Will you tell your neighbor, neighbor, understand that you've been washed. First Corinthians 6, 11, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Listen, don't feel abused. Don't feel hurt. If you're saved, God wants you to live holy. God wants you to live a righteous life. In the name of Jesus, you have been washed. Don't jump into every mud puddle that you pass by. Don't become stained by sin all over again. If you've escaped from sin, stay free. Don't become again entangled in the yoke of bondage thereof. Verse 22 of 1 Peter chapter 2 says it happened to them. According to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having been washed to her wallowing in the mire. I know animals may do it, but listen, when you get washed up by Jesus, try to stay clean. Try to stay away from sin. Some folk are like children. Children, you wash them up and dress them up. They go out of the house and the first mud puddle they see, they step in it, start stumping and playing in the water, come back again dirty and need to be washed all over again. The child, God wants us to be holy. Will you tell your neighbor, God wants us to be holy. And the message is, if you fall down, don't just lie there. Get back up again and go on in the power of Almighty God. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, 
He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. I think I've got a witness that he's able to cleanse you. I think I've got a witness that he's able to turn your life around. Oh, yes, he can. Does anybody know that he's able to do it in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. So if the message is, if you fall down, don't lie there. Get up again. The message is, your spirit and your soul are imparted. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, your spirit and your soul are important. The body will return to dust, but your soul will live on forever. Don't fear those who can kill the body, but fear him that can kill both soul and body. How many of you want to go to heaven? How many of you want to see Jesus in the days that are to come? The message is, remember to whom you belong, and remember who belongs to you. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him that called you out of darkness into the light. We're not in the dark, we're in the light. We're going to stay in the light of Jesus Christ. Remember, remember the promises that God has made to you. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. When I look at that red page and think that he died and suffered for me, when I look at that red page and see Jesus hanging on the cross, I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. Having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Listen, if Jesus could die for me, I can live for him. If a terrorist is willing to die for his God, how much more should I be willing to live for my Savior? I live for him who died for me. How precious then my life would be. I live for him who died for me, my Savior and my God. He gave his life. I'll give my life to him. I'll live for him. I'll hold on to him. I'll walk in his will. I'll walk in his way. Come on and say, yes, Lord. Get close to God. I said, get close to God. The closer you get, the better you feel. The closer you get, the more power you have. The closer you get, the easier it is for God to hold you and keep you in the center of his will. Hallelujah. The devil won't fight Jesus. If you get in Jesus, wrap yourself up in him. The devil can't get you because you're so close, so close, so close to the Savior, so close to the blood, so close to the sanctifying power. I'm trying to get through, but the message is, if you want to be clean, meditate on good things. 
Philippians 4 and 8 says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. Child of God, I don't know about you, but I want Jesus to take charge of my mind, of my heart, of my will. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Come on and give him praise. Give him praise. Get close to God. The message is get close to God. Let God wash you. Let God cleanse you. We used to sing the old song. You know when I'm right. You know when I'm wrong. You know all I do. You know where I belong. There may be something there of which I'm not aware. Search me. Touch me. Cleanse me through and through. Search me, Lord. Search me, Lord. Turn the light from heaven on my soul. If you find anything that should not be, take it out and straighten me. I want to be right. Anybody want to be right? I want to be saved. Yes, yes, I want to be whole. If you want to get the message, meditate on the Word of God. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I am what the Bible says I am. I've got what the Bible says I've got. I can do what the Bible says I can do. And the Bible says I can do all things, all things through Christ that strengthens me. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you can make it. Neighbor, you can endure. Come on, praise the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. You might say, Brother Preacher, I tried. I put forth an effort. But listen, it's not you. It's God. He's able to work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Put your hand in the hand of God, and God is able to bring you through. Does anybody know that he's able? Have you ever been confronted by sin, confronted by temptation, but you put your hand in the hand of God, and God brought you through? Tell your neighbor, neighbor, he's able to bring you through. You don't have to fail. You don't have to fall. Don't you dare give up. Get up again and go forth in the power of God. He's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. Make you glad to be holy, joyous to be holy, filled with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Tell three people, child of God, you can make it. You can make it. You can make it. 
Yes, I don't know about you. I have decided to walk with Jesus. Does anybody have a made up mind? My mind is made up. My heart is fixed. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live for God. Every day, I'm going to go to the labor and say, wash me over again. Cleanse me over again. I'm going to come back the next day. Lord, it's me again. Raise your hand, Lord. It's me again. I need you to wash me every day. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me whole in the name of Jesus. Come on, tell him I love you. Oh, yeah. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. So good. You're so good to me. I love you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do your will. I'm going to walk in your way all of my life. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm turning to the red page and I'm going back to the white page and then I'm going back to the red page and then I'm going back to the white page. I'm going to go to the blood and then I'm going to go to the power of God for you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power to live holy. Power to be righteous. Power to do the will of God. Would you lift your voice and praise him? Come on and praise him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. He's able. He's able. Tell three people he's able. 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 Yes, he's able. How many of you know the Lord can deliver you from alcohol? And you know it by experience. Wave your hand if you've ever been delivered from. Look at somebody and say, he delivered me. He can deliver you. Anybody's been snatched out of a pit of sin and placed on a righteous road. Tell somebody, yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You can take it. You can make it. You are an overcomer. Give somebody a high five and say, hey, overcomer. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Yes. Every once in a while, you ought to come to the Lord. Say, here I am again. Come on, raise that hand and say, Lord, here I am again. Here I am again. Wash me over again. Cleanse me over again. Life happens, but God is able to wash you all over again. Come on, give him praise. I want to pray for somebody today who needs the Lord. How many of you got the message today? Did you get the message? 
Under the old covenant, the Lord said, wash or die. You come before me without washing, you die. We come before the Lord in the new covenant without washing, without being washed in the blood of Jesus. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Everybody stand. Someone might pray the prayer, Lord, I want to be washed. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilt, all their stain. God can wash you, both inside and out. Clean up your conduct, your behavior. We also wash your spirit, your soul, your mind so that you'll be not only acceptable in his sight but you'll stand before him free from sin and forgiven. Someone needs the Lord Jesus today. You need that blood of Jesus that was shed for you that atones for your sins. I'll pray for you where you stand if you desire prayer. But I need to know that you desire it. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you would say, preacher, pray for me. I want to know Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. Lift that hand up now, if that's you. I want Jesus to be my Lord. I feel my life needs to be clean. I, I need Jesus to help me. I need Jesus to wash me. I need Jesus to forgive me. I, I want to come before God. I want to enter the Holy of Holies. I need the blood of Jesus. I need Jesus. Lift that hand if that's you. I see that hand, brother. I see that hand. I see that hand in the balcony. The Spirit of the Lord is pleading with you, begging you, accept me. Let me change your life. Let me wash you again. In the name of Jesus. Lift that hand. Lift that hand the name of Jesus. Dear Lord, I pray for those whose hands are lifted. Thank you that you brought us together into your house this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your word. I pray for those whose hands are lifted, that their sins might be forgiven, that you might become Lord of their lives, that they might go to the altar and the labor, the cross and the washing of water from sin by your blood, that they may come what you'd have them to be. The Lord bless them in the name of Jesus. Transform their lives by your power. Repeat this prayer after me, please, everyone. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. I believe he died, and I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus, and I thank you, Lord. I'm forgiven. I thank you, Lord. I'm saved. I thank you, Lord. I have new life. Come on, give praise to God. Praise to God. Praise to God. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. In the name of Jesus.